I'm Dwayne McCrary, the team leader for Adult Explore the Bible, and the purpose of this podcast is to give you an introduction to the book of Luke. We will examine the book of Luke from December of 2020 until May of 2021. We'll focus on the first nine chapters in the winter quarter, which is December through February. During this podcast, we will look at evidence for Luke as the author, the life of Luke, consider the sources he consulted when researching for his gospel, and looking at a few themes to focus on as we look at these first nine chapters in Luke's gospel. Luke's gospel came along after other counts had been shared. We find that in Luke chapter 1, verse 1. It offers precepts and principles, stories of miracles, and compassion. Ultimately, the gospel of Luke is a testimony about God the Son as he took on human flesh and became the Son of Man. As the Son of Man, he walked among us, experienced our love and our hate, suffered rejection and death, and rose victoriously to offer salvation to any of us who would repent, believe, and receive. The writer of the Gospel of Luke never reveals his name, nor is the author's name revealed in the book of Acts, which is the sequel to the Gospel of Luke. However, the earliest existing copy of this Gospel is a document that dates around A.D. 200, and bears the title according to Luke. All early listings of the New Testament writings identify Luke as the writer of this gospel. This early and strong evidence for authorship may have resulted from the writer being well known to Theophilus, the named recipient and probably sponsor of both volumes. The name Luke only appears three times in the New Testament, in Colossians 4.14, 2 Timothy 4.11, and Philemon 24. These passages depict Luke as Paul's trusted co-worker and beloved physician. Because Paul never directly referred to Luke as being Jewish, many Bible students believe Luke to be a Gentile. However, Luke's familiarity with Jewish customs and the Old Testament scriptures point to a close connection to Judaism, perhaps as a God-fearer, prior to his becoming a follower of Jesus. Additional information about Luke can be mined from the we passages in the book of Acts. These we passages are in Acts 16, Acts 20, Acts 21, and Acts 27 and 28. If we piece together these passages, we get a picture of the life of Luke and a timeline that might help us. So here's what we know about the life of Luke in timeline format. First of all, our timeline will be incomplete. Scripture is silent about where Luke was from, how he received his medical training, his religious background, and how he became a follower of Christ. We know nothing about his family, and he never mentions anything about a wife or children. We do know his education was first rate, and that's based on his command of the Greek language and the vocabulary found in the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts. The first New Testament mention of Luke was when he joined Paul, Silas, and Timothy in Troas on their way to Philippi. This is found in Acts 16, verse 10. At that time, he was obviously already a believer. We do not know how he joined with Paul in the ministry of planting churches. The year was probably AD 49, which takes us to this first we section in the book of Acts. This we section, as mentioned, is in chapter 16. It goes from verses 10 to 17. Near the beginning of Paul's second missionary trip, Luke joined Paul and his other companions in Troas. They crossed the Aegean Sea, arrived in Neapolis, and then traveled to Philippi. 
Once in Philippi, Paul preached the gospel and in time established a small congregation. Some believe Luke stayed in Philippi to help the fledgling church. Now let's fast forward to AD 57 or Acts 20 verse 5 through 21, 18. At the end of Paul's third missionary journey, he was headed to Jerusalem to deliver an offering to the Christians there. We find that in Romans chapter 15, verse 26. This is some eight years after Luke had been with Paul in Philippi. Luke gives us a travel itinerary describing a nautical voyage to Troas, Miletus, Tyre, and Caesarea. From there, Paul's party journeyed inland to Jerusalem. Once in Jerusalem, Roman soldiers arrested Paul. The text gives no indication that Luke was with the apostle when the arrest took place. Some scholars believe that he may have been spending time in Judea or Galilee doing research for his gospel in the earlier sections of the book of Acts. Now we move forward to AD 59 and 60, which is found in Acts 27 and 28. After Paul's two-year imprisonment in Caesarea, he appealed to Nero and was escorted to Rome for a hearing before the emperor. Luke accompanied Paul on this voyage, which included a terrifying storm on the Mediterranean Sea. After surviving a shipwreck that landed them on Malta, they boarded a different ship, arrived in Italy, and then took a short inland journey to Rome. Now let's move ahead one year to AD 61. And we find in Colossians 4.14 and Philemon 24, a mention of Luke. Paul's greeting at the end of Philemon and Colossians show that several Christians were with him, including Luke. Paul wrote these letters while under house arrest. We find that in Acts 28, verse 30. Some scholars believe that Luke spent his time composing both the gospel and the book of Acts during this time. Now let's fast forward five more years to AD 66, and that puts us at 2 Timothy 4.11. Paul was presumably in Roman prison waiting for his death. He stated, only Luke is with me. This indicates that Luke was truly faithful to the end of Paul's life and deserved the recognition as Luke, the dearly loved physician. He may have even served as Paul's personal physician during this time. Now that's a quick timeline that gives us some of the context about Luke and some of his contacts along the way. But we also find some helpful information in the prologue to Luke 1, 1 through 4, that gives us clues as to the source that Luke consulted. The third gospel's introductory dedication informs the readers that Luke investigated everything from the very first and then wrote it down in an orderly sequence. We find that in verse three of chapter one. He explained that original eyewitnesses and servants of the word handed down the accounts to later generations of believers. About 40% of Luke's gospel is also found in Mark's gospel. If Mark's gospel was based on the memory of Simon Peter, as many scholars believe, then Peter was one of the eyewitness sources behind Luke's gospel. Another large portion of this third gospel is also in the gospel of Matthew. Now, Bible scholars differ on whether Matthew was a source for Luke or both writers drew from a common eyewitness source. Either way, if the same material that Luke cited was also used and affirmed by Matthew, then Matthew also served in a, as an eyewitness, supporting the truthfulness of the material found in both the Gospel of Matthew and Luke. 
Some narrative accounts and teachings are unique to Luke's gospel. The visit of the angel to Zechariah and Mary, the birth of John and encounters with the shepherds, Simeon and Anna, and Jesus being left alone at the temple as a 12-year-old are a few examples. Because of his relationship with Paul, he would have had access to numerous believers and multiple documents that would have provided eyewitness accounts to the life of Jesus. These followers' memories and testimonies could provide additional eyewitness accounts. Thus, Luke's careful historical research, pointed to in his gospel introduction, gives us great confidence that we too may know the certainty of the things concerning Jesus Christ. Now let's focus on some key themes that we can find in Luke's gospel. First of all, the gospel is for all people. Gentiles are presented in a generally positive light and secular authorities are rarely portrayed as antagonists. Luke emphasized Jesus' statements and deeds that demonstrate the kingdom of God is not for Jews alone, but is available for all who repent and believe. A second key theme is appreciation of women as followers of the gospel. One notable feature of Luke's gospel is the repeated mention of women connected to the life and ministry of Jesus. A number of women provide financial support for Jesus, and that's mentioned in chapter 8. Luke included an account of Mary choosing to sit at Jesus' feet in the position of a disciple, and Jesus defending her when her sister Martha objected. A third key theme is about the Son of God and Son of Man. Throughout Luke's gospel, Jesus' words and deeds attest to his oneness with God. At the same time, Luke frequently quotes Jesus' self-reference as the Son of Man. We find that in chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 9, and chapter 12. This title was a direct claim to being the Messiah, but it also demonstrated Jesus' identity with humanity. A fourth theme, and it's related to the third theme, is proof of the Messiah. In Luke's gospel, we find Jesus feeding the multitudes, healing the sick, casting out demons, and raising the dead. These miracles attest to Jesus' compassion, but they also give testimony to his divine nature and lordship. Jesus' lordship included reign over the Sabbath, over sickness, over satanic attacks, and even death. A fifth theme to be noted is preparation for the future. From the early chapters to the end of the book, Luke described how Jesus chose and prepared men to lead the church in the future. Now, more themes exist, but these five tend to dominate the first nine chapters of the gospel. Those five, once again, where the gospel is for all people, appreciation of women as followers, son of man and son of God, proof of the Messiah, and preparation for the future. Coaches talk about setting the tone early when they talk to their teams. They preach about the importance of warming up with purpose, tucking in your jersey, and taking the field with enthusiasm. They know of the importance of that first pitch, first play, or first shot. Teams only win at the conclusion of the game, but they can lose it at the beginning. That's because beginnings matter. In Luke's gospel, we discover a great deal about the beginning of Jesus' life. We find out about a priest named Zechariah who saw an angel but couldn't tell anyone about the visit. We are told about Zechariah's wife, Elizabeth, who was pregnant when she was visited by Mary, 
her relative who had also encountered an angel. At the birth of Jesus, we are introduced to shepherds, Simeon and Anna. We are also told about a conversation between a 12-year-old and teachers in the temple. These beginnings set the tone for what was to come. Zechariah was told that his son would prepare the way for the Messiah. Mary was told that she would supernaturally conceive a child who would be called the Son of God. Shepherds sought and found the Savior. Simeon pointed to a day when Mary's soul would be pierced. Jesus would have more conversations with those teachers in the temple. Remember, beginnings matter. During our study of the first nine chapters of Luke, we will discover the importance of these beginnings and how they move us toward the conclusion, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Our prayer is that we will be reminded of God's redemptive plan, knowing that God invites each of us to be included in that.